Welcome to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast, the podcast for serious soccer players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their soccer careers. And now, here's your host, Matt Langoni. Welcome to another episode of New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Today I'll be joined by Harvard women's soccer head coach Chris Hamblin, who is now in his seventh season at the helm. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. This is a, a great time to be a Harvard soccer fan. Uh, your team is currently, as we're speaking, ranked 16th in the country. Um, you started the season 6-0-1, so undefeated right now. Um, what's the start to, to 2022 been like for you? We uh, we were excited coming into this season. We knew we had a, a good core group of returning players, a lot of talent on the roster. Um, and so we knew we would be in a good place coming in. Uh, and I think we've been able to uh, build on the foundation we set last year and uh, have a really good start to the season. So we're, we're feeling that um, we've made some real positive strides, but we're also recognizing there's a long way to go. And we're just about to start Ivy League play, which is, uh, which is a big deal in a number of respects. Um, so we're keeping our focus on every day and just, uh, and just getting incrementally better. Last year, the, the program earned an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. I, I believe that was the first time for the program since 2004. That has to speak some volumes of just, you know, how far your program has come to, to earn that respect and also, you know, the respect that the Ivy League has. So could you just speak to that about, you know, how the Ivy League is being thought of across the country right now? Yeah, no, I, I give an incredible amount of credit to the, the league, the coaches, the programs, the student athletes within our league. Um, I think back in 2019, the Ivy League um, had, I think, the fifth highest RPI out of all the conferences, even ahead of the Big Ten that year. Um, and then going into the 2021 season to have three teams make the NCAA tournament, and that hasn't happened in a long time. And so I think it's a, a really good indicator to where the quality of the league is from top to bottom. I think that's being demonstrated in um, the recruits that the programs are bringing in now across the league and also the, um, the competitive level of play that each and every program is bringing. And, and in, in addition to that, the ambition and the courage to go and schedule great teams um, to, 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 to be fearless in regards to who we schedule and, and, and uh, putting the league out there um, on, a, on a pedestal, which we I think the league deserves to be. To that recruiting point, obviously the Ivy League is, is, has exceptional um, academic standards that you have to abide by and, you know, get players into the, into the program who can handle the academic workload. How difficult does that make the recruiting aspect? Is it, I mean, it, it, is, is it a challenge for an Ivy league program to compete year in and year out with, you know, I don't want to belittle the academic standards of any other institutions across the country, but the Ivy league is the Ivy league. Yeah. I think that, um, all the schools are trying to find candidates that um, fit um, each of their programs, and, and included in that is the the soccer piece, uh, the character piece, and, and also the academic element. Um, and I think that we try and identify the best soccer players we can around the country, around the world, 
um, and then look and see if there's a fit from a character and academic standpoint. And um, I think ourselves and a number of other programs in the league have, have done that. Um, and uh, we want committed students um, who are going to be able to be successful in our institutions. And so I think part of recruiting for us is not only recruiting the soccer players, recruiting the person and also recruiting um, the student because the transfer rate is very high in women's soccer, but it's very, very low in the Ivy League. And so I think that uh, once we recruit a student athlete, um, we expect them to graduate in four years and be a part of our respective programs. There's a lot of results so far that stick out for, for your team. Four shutouts is obviously impressive in and of itself. But to be able to go to North Carolina State, which at the time was or, or may still be ranked we're, we're number 17 in the country, you won that match 2-0. Um, you go to TCU, a nationally ranked program, uh, last weekend. You get a 2-2 draw in that one. What does that tell you about the talent you have in your locker room and the, the ability that your program has to play with anyone in the country? I think it tells us that, um, you know, we've earned um, the opportunities we have. Um, those rankings um, and accolades are nice, but it's not where you are now. It's where you finish that matters. And so we try to cancel out a lot of that noise. But I think it shows us that um, we are able to compete with some of the best um programs in the country and we are able to uh um more than compete some you know even even get results against those teams as we did against nc state and, and a really good game at tcu so i think we're we feel that we um are uh, at that level now where we can we can show up and play against anyone in the country and give it our best um but we're also you know hungry for for improvement and um, try not to look at just the outcomes, try and look at the processes we're focusing on each day in training and, and try and just continually to strive to, to improve. You have players within the roster like Jade Rose, uh, you know, our defender who's played on the international stage with, with Canada. Um, Hannah Bieber is an, an outstanding talent. Where would you rank this roster you have right now with, with some of the other rosters you've had since you've been at Harvard? Yeah, really good question. I think I think this roster has an incredible amount of potential. Um, you know, the 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 rosters we've had in the past, um, each each year, each team is different in different ways, um, and and each team has different strengths and different weaknesses to some degree. I think this this roster we have this year um, has a, a very high ceiling of potential, and I think um, you know from a from a talent standpoint, but also just from a from a buy-in standpoint, I think we're in a, in, a, in a really good place. When you look across the landscape of, of the Ivy League in general, I know Brown has put together some really great seasons lately. They're, they're expected to be strong again this season. Uh, Dartmouth is off to a, to, a, to a strong start as well. What's it like day in and day out in that? Ivy, you mentioned the Ivy League schedule is about to start, but what's it like going through that schedule you know, over the course of the, you know, kind of the, the month plus that you have to do it? Yeah, the, the Ivy League is fantastic in the you're playing one game a week and so you can orient your practice around getting prepared for that for that team. And um, it really allows you to, to be thoughtful about the, the game plan you want to bring to the table for, for each opponent. And we also know and respect each and every one of our opponents in the league. And um, honestly, the previous results, um, record, RPI, all those things uh, go out the window on game day because it's uh, two teams who are going at it with an Ivy 
uh, title on the line. And so uh, we, we just try to um, bring our best in each of those uh, opportunities to play and uh, hope that our game plan give our, gives our team the, the best chance to be successful. How much attention do the players pay to, you know, the top 25 rankings? I mean, if you, and I think back to if I was a 19, 20 year old kid, I'd be, <laughs> I'd probably be paying attention to that stuff. Cause it's, it's cool. I really, I mean, when you're a top 25 team in the country, so how much attention do they pay to it? And how do you try to divert that attention from, from there? I think it's it's focusing on ourselves as much as we can and what we can control. We can't control the top 25 rankings. Um, we can only control what we do every day in each play. Um, and so I think that uh, I've got two two soccer playing daughters and, um, you know, they're 10 and 12 and they'll often look at the result of one team versus another team and say, well, we beat this team 2-0 and they beat this team 2-0. So we're going to win this game 4-0. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And I think it's the same with the rankings. So I think it's really important that we focus in on ourselves, what we're trying to accomplish. And then the byproduct from that hopefully is positive outcomes in, in our favor. And again, you know, being ranked in the top 25 in uh, early September, you know that's not what we're trying to do here we're trying to um you know be successful in the in the long term in this season and end up in a good place and so we we try to uh, appreciate that we've earned this opportunity to be considered there but not put any weight into it and just move on to the next the next thing we're focusing on you know on the heels of last year's great season and then coming into this season what did you feel like or, or what do you feel like right now is the potential and um the mindset of of the team right now to start off with with such a great start and be unbeaten in seven in seven matches. Um, how do you make sure they don't get the players I'm talking about get too far ahead of themselves with with what they can do? Yeah, last year we brought in 14 new faces. I think that had never put on a Harvard jersey before, um, and so although we had a very successful season, we didn't really have experience um, going through a college soccer season. This year we have that experience now. People have a season under their belt. We have some upperclassmen who are strong contributors on the team, and some, um, you know, the leadership is, is is in a good place. So I think just having the experience and having um, those pieces give you now the foundation and that foundation um, just because we are, you know, a year out from last year we're we were at a much further point ahead in preseason than we were the year before. And so I think that uh, again, for me, the, the, the potential this group has is just that, you know, we have to execute. And so it's, it's about every single day in practice, trying to improve, trying to get better. And we don't try to look past the next game. We don't try to look to what, could be we just want to focus on what we can control in the in the the short term knowing that if we do that that's going to line up with with some of our goals which is to really try and become one of the best teams in ivy league history and um you know there's been some great ivy league teams that have uh, made some runs in the tournament down the line and so we're um we're certainly trying to put ourselves in a a strong position your non-league schedule i think is one of the more interesting ones in New England. You know, you went down, like we mentioned, to play North Carolina State. You, you played at UNC Greensboro. Uh, you hosted Long Beach State. You played UMass. Is that something that through the years you've put more stock into playing a, 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 a really strong non-conference schedule and try to get some of those ranked opponents in to, to kind of get those early season tests? I think, yeah, when when – Everything is said and done playing in the NCAA tournament. Um, 
is based upon either winning the championship um, and getting the automatic bid, or it's based on getting an at-large bid. And um, success leaves clues, uh, and, and I don't mean our success, I mean success of other programs around the country, and um, just recognizing the importance of RPI, recognizing the importance of uh, beating teams ranked in the top 50, top 25, and the impact that can have. So there's definitely been some strategy put into that. Um, I know our, our coaching staff has put a lot of work into balancing that schedule and also playing some out-of-region teams from some other conferences that are going to be successful. And so we definitely do try to play a schedule that is um, going to challenge us um, and also put us in a position to um, be successful in the, in, the, in the overall landscape. New England's soccer journal's The Goal will return after this. Hey, here's a great new idea in fundraising. Soccerhead's New England Comedy Fundraisers. This is better than a stand-up show. It's an event that your community will never forget. You'll get soccer-themed comedy with Paul Nardizzi, who has been on Conan O'Brien, and Nesson Comedy All-Stars, along with Dave Radigan from Sirius Radio Comedy, and Jim Ruberti. There will also be giveaways and all sorts of extras. Want to make money for your soccer club and have fun while doing it? Email the guys at SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. That's SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England soccer? New England Soccer Journal and NESoccerJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England soccer scene. Have every issue of New England Soccer Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to NESoccerJournal.com to receive soccer coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, division one, two, and three colleges, showcases, rankings, and so much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to anysoccerjournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Soccer Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. Now, you're a former goalkeeper, high-level goalkeeper at that, uh, playing at Boston College. Um, how does your past experience as a player impact your coaching philosophy? Or does that inherently make you more defensive-minded because you were, you were a goalkeeper? I think if you spoke, speak to most goalkeepers, they actually uh, 
fancy themselves as forwards, you know. And so, uh, anytime I play nowadays, I play on the field and I try and score some goals. And my back can't take trying to make up for lost time. I think yeah, make up for lost time. Um, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to be coaching in the in the college world now for you know twenty one years, twenty plus years. And so, I think my my philosophy over time has been influenced by a number of things. I think as a player, um, being a goalkeeper, you do get to see the whole field the whole time. And so, um, you know, I, I certainly uh, use those experiences but I also have been coaching a lot longer than I ever played and, and um, I've been a fan of the game ever since I was a, a kid so I think there are many many pieces to that I, I can't point to one thing that um, defines my philosophy as a recruiter and in, in, in terms of what you're looking for as a player what what jumps out to you is like the most important uh, intangible type things that you're looking for yeah, I think character is such an important piece, especially when you think about the um, the rigors of being a student athlete in the Ivy League and being able to, to balance and have good perspective. Um, you know, being a, an elite level soccer player is, is certainly um, high on our recruiting list. But I think understanding each individual's character is, is a huge piece of this as we put together the puzzle, because it's not easy being a student athlete at any division in any level. Um, a lot of these players in the club world are playing on teams that have 17, 18, 19 people on the roster. And then you jump up to a college roster of 26, 30, 35, even 40 in some cases. And how are you going to be able to respond to maybe not making the travel roster or not getting those, those playing time, the playing time that you wish? Um, and so there's a lot of challenges as you come out of the club world into the college world. And so we're looking for individuals that are going to be able to navigate those challenges and, and continue to work hard and continue to uh, focus on their process um, as best they can. So that for us, I think, is a, is a huge piece. Um, and, and we're able to, fortunately enough, able to access such a large pool of talent that um, we can find good soccer players that have the character traits that we're hoping for that also are um, very committed uh, successful students. And that's really how we try and navigate that process. As a former Boston college player and hall of famer at Boston college, um, you're coaching in a different Boston area university right now. What, how do you kind of view that? I mean, you still, will you always be kind of a BC guy in in your mind as well? Cause that was your career. I mean, how does, how do things change when you, when your professional career takes you through, you know, a different Avenue? Yeah, no, I had a had a fantastic experience at Boston College, playing there for four years, and I was on the coaching staff of the women's team there for an, an eight or so years after that. And so um, I um, earned my uh, master's degree at Boston College, met my wife at Boston College. So Boston College has a, a fond place in my heart. But with that said, I've really, um, really come to love Harvard, uh, the community here, the athletic department, um, the philosophy, um, the, 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 the thought process behind what being a student athlete means in the Ivy League really resonates with me. And um, so I, I'm thoroughly enjoying this, this opportunity and this challenge. And um, playing against BC is, is great. We've been fortunate enough to have some positive results the last couple of times we've, we've been out. But at the end of the day, you know, when you're playing in Boston against Northeastern and BU and BC, there's always going to be that in-town rivalry. And so it's nice to, uh, um, it's nice to be able to compete successfully against the Boston teams because there's uh, some Boston pride there as well. I was going to say, how much of that exists in soccer? I know obviously we have the bean pot in hockey and there's, you know, there's rivalries in, in basketball and whatnot, but how much of that exists between you and, and the other coaches in, in the Boston area for soccer? 
Um, I think it's something we've talked about doing in the spring, starting a soccer bean pot where we all play each other in the off season and make it really a, a competitive off season event. Um, and so I think we can probably do a better job there because I think there's definitely the appetite for each of those programs to compete locally with each other, maybe a little bit more. We need to touch on this as well, because uh, this was a, a big week for you personally. You became an American citizen uh, this week. Um, just what was that um, process like for you in this in this accomplishment for yourself? Yeah, I, I came over in 1997. I was recruited to play at Boston College by Ed Kelly. And after I finished there, I was fortunate enough to land a coaching job, assistant job at BC with the women's program. And I've been doing that for 21 years now. And so I, uh, you know, I live... Um, live not so far from campus, have four kids, and uh, my wife and I are, are, are really settled. And, um, yeah, you know, I thought to myself, it's about time to, to get this done, you know, <laughs> to finally become a citizen. And so I was really uh, honored and privileged to go through that process and be able to uh, now uh, call myself an American citizen. How do you, what's, what's your favorite part about the, the United States? What's the, what's the best thing that, I mean, you miss the food from home or you like it better here or what's kind of the best things about here? I don't think I miss the food from England, although I hear it's got a lot better. Uh, you know, I think, I think it's the, the opportunity that um, people are afforded. Um, and I know I've been incredibly, incredibly fortunate to have some opportunities through my college experience and professional experience and to be able to kind of chase that dream. And I think that um, I've been... Um, so many people have, have fought for me and, and been in my corner and supported me. And, and I look at my role now as a coach to do that for others. And so I think uh, this country gives you that platform and, and um, can uh, really allow you to, uh, you know, follow that pursuit of happiness that I think is uh, part of the, the process that I went through yesterday. And it's, it's a real honor to do so. Well, Chris, I know this is a super busy time of year. You're right in the thick of a, of a season where you're hopefully going to com- be competing for a national championship. So we really appreciate you taking some time today and chatting with us. And uh, we'll, we'll be watching the rest of the season. And best of luck. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks again to Chris Hamblin for joining the podcast. I'm Matt Langoni. Thanks for listening. New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast is produced by Steve Safran and is a Siemens Media production. You've been listening to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. Or visit anysoccerjournal.com forward slash podcast. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful.